clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I want to deal with coping with death today um, in light of the horrible tragic news of Kobe Bryant's passing along with his 13-year-old daughter and seven other people who were on the helicopter when it crashed. I, I'm i not sure, I'm not even sure how long this show is going to be today, you know, because I'm, I'm seeing how this death is affecting culture and I've always been a Kobe Bryant fan like I I grew up um as a Michael Jordan fanatic and when Michael Jordan retired from the game the final time Kobe filled that void like he wasn't just like a substitute you know Michael Jordan but he filled that void and he carved his own lane um I think in all of our hearts um and this is why I believe we see so many people grieving over the passing of Kobe Bryant um as well as the others who were on the helicopter but I think from a cultural impact in what he stood for um I don't think we've ever seen a a celebrity of this magnitude um, pass away like this, um, and I just in in this in this generation at least, and and that's not to say that we haven't had celebrities pass away and and people die, um, but I don't think any of them were on the level of of Kobe Bryant in terms of impact on the world. And so I've really just been these last two days, I've really been wrestling mentally because honestly, when I first got the news, my heart dropped. Um, I was actually coming from picking up food for my family after church and so I, I went out on a food run and um, as I was pulling back in front of our house, I I just checked Facebook real quick or checked my notifications on Facebook. And when I looked at my timeline, one of the first things I saw was Kobe Bryant's dead. I can't believe it. And so I was like, what? And so I was like, nah, this can't be true. And so I continued to scroll and I began to see the Kobe Bryant post like I can't believe it. And at that point, it was only TMZ reporting it. And so a lot of people was like, I'm not believing it until unless I hear it from other news outlets. And so slowly but surely, the other news outlets begin to report it. And I got a text message from Matt saying, oh, my gosh, Kobe Bryant died. And then he called me. Um or he called, I think he called me first. I'm not sure if he texted me or called. I want to say he texted me and then called me. 
And so we just talked like, man, how, how in shock we, we were. And after that, like, you know, you have the, you have the, the, the Sunday naps that we all look forward to all of us who go to church regularly. (laughs) A lot of us talk about the Sunday evening naps and how those naps are so epic. (laughs) And to be honest, man, we, after we ate, we laid down to take a nap, man. and, And I couldn't even really sleep. And even that night, the last two nights, I didn't get the best sleep because I was just heavy grieving over this guy I did I did not know personally and and it's and it's been it's really caught me off guard not just his death but how I've been grieving his death as well as the loss of his daughter and the other seven individuals on that flight um but I begin to question myself like why am I why why am I grieving Kobe so much yes I'm a fan I was a fan of his work and and what he stood for and and so today I saw a post that really summed up why I believe a lot of us are grieving the way we're grieving for the passing of Kobe Bryant and the post is titled why we grieve people we never met and um obviously it was posted in light of the Kobe tragedy and it has five points. The first point says why we grieve people we never met. Point number one is their work helped us get through a difficult time in our lives. Number two, their work inspired our dreams and goals. Number three, they modeled possibility. Number four, their death triggers our grief of previous loss and number five their passing activates our fears around death and listen for all of us who are grieving it may not be all five of these for for all of us but i'm 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 pretty sure it's it's probably a couple of these for all of us who are grieving and and heavy-hearted in light of the tragedy of Kobe, um, of Kobe losing his life and uh, his daughter and the seven other individuals. Um, but I really, I really want to just talk for a second and really talk about how, how fragile life is. Um, but before that, I think one of the reasons in my own words why why this tragedy has hit me so hard is because what Kobe represented, he represented a true champion. He represented a never give up mentality. I mean, just watching him play through countless injuries and persevere and not just persevere, but still win. Um, even the things that he began to do off the court after he retired from the game in coaching and mentoring multiple NBA stars and coaching his daughter and and um, his daughter's team and starting the Mamba um, Academy and winning an Oscar and 
like he began and and this is like only three years after retirement that he's doing all of these things and so you just you just saw someone to be inspired by even if you're not necessarily the biggest basketball fan or even a sports fan Kobe had the type of aura about him that even if you didn't appreciate basketball you could still be inspired based off of his approach to life and in that Kobe he was like a Superman figure for many of us and and so I suppose that is one of the reasons why this hurts so bad and I've heard multiple people say from former players to current players say he was our Superman and Superman isn't supposed to die And then you see him pass this way. And so as many of us purpose to move forward, loving harder, seizing opportunities, reconciling broken relationships to live life to the fullest, I think one of the things that has shaken all of us the most or one of the things that have shaken all of us the most is we're reminded through this death how fragile life is we're reminded how fragile life is and how you could be here today and gone not just tomorrow but the next minute and so The first point out of all of this, as I move forward in dealing with death, because I have people, um, one of my friends, um, they just lost their father. And I pray that you guys be praying for them. You know, I grew up with these guys in, in church and they just lost their dad. And, you know, people are really hurting. It's a lot of death. It seems like it's been a lot of death. You know, just in people I know and, you know, in these last two weeks. And so people are hurting and I just want to say it's okay to mourn. It's okay to mourn. Jesus said, blessed are they that are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. Romans 12 verse 15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and so it's okay to mourn it's okay to to hurt because death does hurt but I'm reminded of Jesus even looking at Jesus in the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11 verse 35 It says Jesus wept. And in the story of Lazarus, one of the reasons why Jesus, when you read through John chapter 11, one of the reasons why Jesus allowed Lazarus to die was for his glory to be revealed. Um, When you read the story of Lazarus, 
Jesus received news of Lazarus' death, um, and he didn't. He did not go to Lazarus. Actually, the first news about Lazarus that came to Jesus was wasn't that he was dead. It was that he was sick. And Jesus, when he heard the news, he didn't even get up and start heading towards Lazarus' way. The next news that came to him was Lazarus is dead. And Jesus purposely waited to the fourth day because in Jewish culture at that time, a person's spirit or soul still lived in the body for the first three days. So they believed that resurrection was still possible. So Jesus purposely waits to the fourth day and he shows up. And Mary and Martha, Martha is crying and saying, if you would have just been here earlier, our brother Lazarus would not have died. And everybody's crying. And. And in verse 35, it just says Jesus wept. Jesus wept because he saw. The hurt. That they felt he saw the pain that they were feeling from this loss. And we know the story. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But I just want to say that it's okay to mourn. It's okay to be sad, but we have to mourn with the mindset of, man, we have to press forward. And one of the hardest parts about life is trying to find purpose in the worst of tragedies. Like, how do how do you find purpose in something like this? You know, Kobe Bryant taking his daughter along with her teammates and parents and on a helicopter ride to the Mamba Academy and they crash in the mountains and just die. Like, why? Why, God? But I remind myself and hear me good. As many of us look at this death. And we I think for the majority of us, what this tragedy has caused us to do is not just look at the unknown of when death may come knocking at our door, but it's also made us look at our lives and what we've been doing with the time that we have. And so out of this, many of us have made vows to love harder, to seize opportunities, to reconcile broken relationships, to live life to the fullest. But my prayer, my prayer that out of all of these things is that we that that we can decide that that we can decide to do. That the greatest thing that any of us could do is to surrender to our maker. This life truly is a vapor. And death is the entrance to eternity. And yes, death has a sting and that sting can be painful. 
It's a sting we all feel. But death doesn't have to have the last say. And I would even go even further to say that death didn't have the last say and will not have the last say. What do I mean by that? When we look at the scriptures, the Bible says that in James chapter four, verse 13 through 15, it says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. In other words, what he's saying is, come now. You who say, hey, I'm making plans for tomorrow. Some of us are making plans for for tomorrow, this weekend. Um, some of us are planning vacations for months down, down the road from here. And he and what Paul is saying is. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. In other words, you don't know if you're going to make it to that vacation. You don't know if you're going to make it to this weekend. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist. In the King James, it says, for you are but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Why does why does God refer to our lives as but a vapor? First and foremost, when you think of a vapor, it, 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 when, it, when, when a vapor shows up, it disappears real quick. Like you don't, you never just see a vapor just hanging around. Oh, look how long that vapor has been sitting. No, the vapor is here and is gone like that within seconds. And so the Bible talks about how a thousand years I believe it says a thousand years or 10,000 years. I believe it says a thousand years is as a day to the Lord. And one of the reasons why I believe the Bible says that is because God is eternal. And so we can live uh, to be a hundred years old. We can live, you can live to be 150 years old. But the reality is that we're all going to die one day. And even if we live to be 150 or 100 years old, even though that's a long life to us, that's not as far as time wise, that isn't anything to be compared to eternity because eternity is forever. It's never ending. And so what one of the things that Paul, um, as he writes under or James, I should say, I'm sorry, as James writes, as he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, man, this life is but a vapor. Like even when we look at the rich young ruler, one of the things that the scriptures is constantly encouraging us to do is to set our focus, not just on being the best version of ourselves here, but to ultimately set our affections and our desires and our focus on eternity. Colossians chapter three, verse two says, set your affections 
on things above, not not things on this earth. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall remain. And so we we have to strive to put things in perspective. Yes, death hurts. Yes, death is painful. But the reality is that one day you and I are going to die. The people that we love the most are going to die one day. None of us will escape death. And that is the reality. But death doesn't have the does not have to have the last say in your life. And so with this reality, when we look at Romans chapter 4, 14, Romans chapter 14, verse 7 through 12, it says, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. In other words, our lives belong to the Lord, whether we live for him or not, our lives belong to him. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Verse nine, for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Verse 10, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. In other words, we're all going to stand before God in judgment. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. At the end of the day, only what you do, only what I do for Christ will last. And this life is truly but a vapor. When Jesus dealt with the rich young ruler, he told the rich young ruler, he didn't say, hey, rich young ruler, keep all of the money and the notoriety that you have and let's just cling to those things and we can use those things to advance my kingdom he said no take all that you have and sell it and give it to the poor and follow me and you will have great treasure in heaven but the rich young ruler was so focused on this life he was so focused on his possessions and what he could see right in front of him that he did not want to forfeit his earthly treasure to inherit eternal treasure. And so he valued the vapor more than eternity. And the Bible constantly warns us, do not value the vapor more than eternal salvation. Do not value the vapor more than your soul. And so there's a reality that Jesus says, what does it profit to gain the world but lose your soul? What does it profit to gain fame and notoriety and awards at your job and accolades and 
a big house and a car if your soul isn't right with Christ. See, it's okay to mourn, but we don't have to mourn without hope. We don't have to mourn without hope. Because what we can't see is just as real as the problems that we see today. And this is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is writing, starting at verse 5, he says, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit of God as a guarantee. Man, you need the Spirit of God. Verse 6, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let me get, give you guys context to what he's saying. He says we walk by faith and not by sight. When you read this chapter, Paul is talking about the trials and tribulations of life the burdens of life and how it would be great to be with the Lord and not have to deal with this earthly stuff, the trials and tribulations that we experience every day. And, 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 and so he's saying, man, it would be good. It would be cool to be with the Lord, but since we're here, we have a responsibility with the help of the Holy Spirit to trust in God we can't see more than what we can see. And so he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we walk by faith in God we can't see and not and we have more faith in God that we can't see than the daily trials or the situations and circumstances that we see happening in the world. And so we have to know and believe that just as tragedy is real and pain is real, God and heaven is just as real. And that tough times won't last always. And we can bank on that. Jesus is who he said he was. He lived publicly. He died publicly. And he rose from the grave and he showed himself to hundreds of witnesses. And because the resurrection is real, is proof that Jesus is who that he is proof that Jesus is who he said he is. He is God manifested in the flesh. He is the son of God. He is our savior. He is our Lord, our king. And so it's important listener that you understand that your purpose goes beyond this life and what you can see. Our purpose goes beyond this vapor. 
And there will come a time where each of us will enter into eternity. And listen, we don't have to fear death. Jesus said, don't fear them who kill the body. He says, but fear him or God who has the power to destroy both body and soul in hell. And so Christ, there's a reality that Christ didn't die for good people. He died for sinful people. The Bible says we were all born in sin. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So therefore, we need a savior. But the Bible also says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you and I, that he gave his only begotten son or the unique one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe on Jesus shall not perish in eternity, but will have everlasting life. And so I'm here to tell you that you do not have to fear death. You don't have to live with uncertainty. You don't have. There's a confidence that you can live with. God, when you cry out to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I am a sinner. Save me, Lord. The Lord will fill you with his spirit. And the Bible says that. The spirit of God will testify of Jesus and he will lead and guide you into all truth. And he will give you a boldness and a reassurance that, man, I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear. I don't have to live with the uncertainty of where where am I going when I die? And so the Bible says this, and I love this. <laughs> I cling to this. In Revelations 21, verse 4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears. This is talking about heaven. This is talking about eternity. It says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away do you want to go to heaven i want to go to heaven i want to be with jesus the bible says in psalms 16 verse 11 thou wilt show me the path of life in his presence is a fullness of joy at his right hand is pleasures forevermore. Man, I'm getting excited about this. John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, you don't have to live to die. You can live to die just to live. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. 
No man comes to the father, but by me. And so Jesus didn't die on the cross to be an option to God. He didn't die to be a to be a option to God. He died because he is the only way to God. And it was obedience and love that compelled him. The Bible says, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so when Jesus was on the cross, he had you and me in mind. He saw our disappointments. He saw our sin. He saw our pain. And he says, I'm going to die to be the perfect sacrifice for your sin. And he gave his life as a sacrifice to save us from death. And so I stand here today confidently saying, I know I'm going to die one day, but I also know with the same confidence that I'm going to live again and I'm going to be with him. I'm going to see him as he is, as the scriptures say. And so you don't have to mourn without hope. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. Just make sure you give your grief to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Because the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And so we have this confidence in him that we can walk by faith and not by sight. And no, it's not always easy. No, it's not always painless. But Jesus said, I promise I'll, I'll send you a comforter. And he says, I go away, but I won't leave you comfortless or I won't leave you helpless. He says, I will give you this, the comf send you the comforter, the spirit of truth, and he will lead and guide you into all truth. And so you don't have to mourn without hope because Jesus already won the victory. And so we don't have to fight for something that Christ hasn't already secured for us. But it's up to us to repent of our sin and put our trust in the Lord. At the end of the day, none of the things that we're going to do matter will matter and I would even say as we look and reflect on Kobe Bryant when we look at all of the accolades and turn like the championships that he won the all-star voting I think he went to over 18 all-star games first uh defensive first defensive team over 12 times those things are amazing. But at the end of the day, these things don't mean anything in eternity. And listen, I don't stand here and I think people are foolish when they do this. We don't know. We don't know. We didn't know the state of Kobe's soul. And I'm not even tr attempting to make a claim right now. But what I am doing, I'm making a point that 
the great things that will that we can accomplish in this life in terms of promotions on jobs and awards and recognitions. Those things won't mean anything when we stand before God. When we die and stand before God, God is the only thing God is going to want to know is what did we do with the blood of his son? And so we don't have to be hopeless. And I know I keep saying this, but we don't have to live without hope. Jesus is the answer. He's not just a answer. He is the answer. And so I pray that I've said something to encourage you, enlighten you. If you have any questions about anything I've said today, feel free to email me um Facebook message me or, you know, and I, I'm, I, I will get back with you because this, what I'm talking about now is probably the most serious is not probably is the most serious conversation or, or information you can ever hear the state of your salvation and your soul. And so please choose Christ. Please surrender to Christ. It is the it'll be the best decision you'll ever make. And listen, if you if you feel like you're in a backslidden place and you feel like, man, I'm not where I'm, I'm supposed to be in the Lord. I've walked away from the faith. I've lost faith. Listen, the Lord is 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 waiting to welcome you back with open arms. Matter of fact, you he's leaving the ninety nine to come and get you right now. This this call right now is him leaving the ninety nine and coming to get you because he loves you so much. And so there's not a love like the love of Christ. There's not a, a joy like the joy of Christ. We don't have to live without hope. And so I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. I am praying for everyone who's grieving the loss of a loved one. I'm praying for everyone who's grieving over the loss of Kobe Bryant. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. God bless you. Thank you.